singer to singer. Sophie Bancroft in conversation with jazz vocalist Fiona Duncan. Episode 8, Nerves and Hairdressing. your coat and grab your hat leave your worries on the doorstep oh baby life is sweet on the sunny sunny did all the, the german scenes i did we did germany uh france italy who was that uh, with it was on my own you know as a a cabaret right jazz artist and the the agent over there was uh, a singer from London who had a hit with uh, a Nat King Cole cover, The Story of Tina, and Ronnie Harris, his name was, and he was a lovely singer. And he left London and gone over to Germany doing tours and decided he liked it there and stayed, and he started this agency. So he came along. I did the audition in London, and what they were looking for was... I'd never heard of a point number. Have you ever...? No. No, Point number, right. A point number is a number that is... an audience puller in. It's slightly risky. double entendre yeah. and the one famous one that they all used to sing was many had to go and lose it at the Astor <laughs> you know it was a great song you know it's like you know oh honey the child lost it at the Astor she never took her mother's good advice no oh, I can't get down there. There aren't so many girls today who have one and she couldn't let it grow go at any price. They searched the place from uh, attic down to cellar. Someone thought they saw it lying on the floor. Then and it was it ends up it's her mink stole. Right? <laughs> Somebody stole her mink stole. <laughs> but you know, so this was a point number. And the only point number I knew, anything like it, was Million Dollar Secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The blues. So yeah, I used to one. use that. So I auditioned, did that. They booked me, and I went over to Germany, uh, Wiesbaden, and I did my first gig with uh, whatever band it was, and it wasn't anything No, I mean, there were more rocky bands I was giving them all the jazz stuff, you know, and it was it was difficult. But this guy came back at the interval, and it was the 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 agent, Ronnie Harris, and his piano player, Ralph, who had been his piano player, his you know accompanist all the time he was singing. And he said, you know, right, come down to my office tomorrow morning. He said, you're. Uh, you've got a great voice, and he says, but you're just throwing it away, <laughs> you know. So come down to my office. We're going to take you through your act. So I had to go down there and go through all my stuff, and they said, now, 
after this song, I want you to see, uh, ladies and gentlemen, such and such, and all this. And I said, do I have to? And she says, and I said, well, I've never been allowed to talk before because with the Stompers, I wasn't allowed to announce my own numbers. Yeah. I'd just stand and smile and nod my head and yeah. do what I was told and not speak on microphone. I wonder why. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so this was the first time, and I, I think this I have used all my life, nerves, and I just can talk and talk and talk. <laughs> and so... I started and it ended up, you know, I kept thinking, I think this is a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a comedy. I think I'm, I think I'm doing a stand-up comic thing here. And, and it, it actually started to get funny, but I started to enjoy it a bit better because I got rid of my nerves yeah. talking. And then, you know, yeah. and of course all the time these shows were going on, they had comedians from the States, really funny guys, really funny uh, you know, really, the guys he'd been on the not the it is the Tonight Show over in the states. They used to be regular things, mm. and they used to come all over there and tour, and we'd get them. On. And I used to pick up all their jokes, and <laughs> you know, I thought, oh, why do you use that? I'll get that in somewhere. Just direct your feet to the sunny, sunny side of the street. I used to. So would you would you plan what you were going to say at that stage? No, no I mean like, I, I just no I know I had to talk about this. Yeah, but then it rambled <laughs> as it does. <laughs> I can't help it. Yeah, um, but, what, but I mean, one of the extraordinary things that you do because you're amazing at how you speak between songs and you are very funny. But then it creates this extraordinary context for then you do this heartbreaking song. You know, I mean, and it's, it's me, amazing. I think I've got to get the nerves out before I do it. Yeah. And if I if I can see that I can get the audience, this is why I have I like seeing the audience. Yeah. If I can see them relaxing. Yeah. And then then it's a case of right, get me up there, mum. You know. Yeah. And that is, I know that's how I work. If I can't speak, I know that the. the album that we did in Poland um, with the Polish audience and the Polish band I can remember talking away there and I knew none of them could understand what I was saying but I'm saying, anybody understand me? No? Oh well, doesn't matter <laughs> you get it next But I'm not afraid Cos this rover I stopped singing for six years. Why? Because I'd been in hospital with five slip discs for a year in a spiker. Five? Were you in an accident? Yeah, in Turkey. Uh, it was our, I was on tour there doing one of these daft things, cavity things. And we crashed, and I was the one that ended up in hospital. And I had uh, my back, didn't know. I mean, I was in hospital there, they had any traction. Mm. I, they took my passport away. Wow. And I had to pay 
£600 to get my passport. Wow. And fly home, and I went into uh, the Whittington Hospital in London, and then I went to... Uh, uh, they did more traction, and it just didn't work. And then I went to a specialist in Harley Street who x-rayed me and said I had five slip discs. So I got flown to Glasgow and I got in a spiker plaster ahead to do. And I thought, oh, I can't do all this touring about, you know. After this, I can't, you know. So I thought, right, that's it. I'll have to do something else. And my brother at the time, his wife, Sonia, wanted to open a string of hairdressers. And I was voted in to be the one to go and learn hairdressing. Uh, and uh, so I went to this, the Pidiani School of hairdressing uh, for a, a year's course and ended up doing two years there because I didn't think I should be let loose in the public yet. But I ended up working with Mr Pediani and, you know, just, it was it was good. And I opened my own shop. Uh, I bought a shop from a girl in Glasgow who was moving on and I remember I started my started my business with four pound fifty in the till, and that was my float. <laughs> and it was uh, I I got a loan from a building society to buy the shop, buy the shop, and uh, I started with four fifty, and I ended up with three shops. Wow! Uh, not because. I just, I just kept thinking, no, there's got to be an easier way of doing this. If I have another shop, then I can maybe, you know. So I had three shops, and uh, I was working hard, really hard. Get your coat and grab your hat. Leave your worries, leave your worries lying on that dust. And life is so, so sweet. From 1974 to 1979, I did nothing to do with music at all. And Cut myself off. How old were you in 74? 74, I was 39, 49, 59, 69. I was 30... 35. 35, okay. yeah. And uh, I, I just didn't want to listen to music because... I thought, I can't go back and do this again and I'm going to want to if I go and hear anything. I didn't listen to anything. I didn't... I just got my head down. And I'd, I'd done that for five years when I was asked to go to a gig at the Eglinton Arms in Eaglesome where the George Penman band was playing. And I went reluctantly. It was my birthday and I was being taken out for a meal. So I thought, well you know, well, this once, I don't mind. And they asked me to get up and sing, and I said no, and my husband, Stuart, said, look, 
they're going to think you're a big time. <laughs> you have to do something. And I said, I haven't sung for years. You know, it didn't matter. You don't forget these things. It's like riding a bicycle, which is the other thing I can't do now. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so we went to, uh, we had the meal and I got up for a song and I, it was like, having a ton weight taken off my back. I enjoyed it so much. It was, it felt like it was immoral. You know, I really, <laughs> really enjoyed it. I thought, I've had to get that off my chest for seven years. And then they asked me to join the band that night. And of course I said, okay. And they were working about four nights a week and all over the place. And, and it was good, a good band, great trumpet player, Gordon Dillon absolutely amazing singer and great trumpet player uh, who really hadn't played in the Dixieland style before. He was big band, you know. And uh, George Kidd, a guy called Dick Stroke on clarinet, George Penman, Kit Carey, uh, Hamish, Henry on drums, and uh, I think that was it. Yeah, there was seven of us and we did loads of gigs, all the festivals up here, and it was a good band. And Then uh, Mike Hart invited me through to Edinburgh to do a gig with his band, and I thought, well, I haven't been in Edinburgh for years. I hadn't been in there since I'd done the Usher Hall with the Stompers and uh, the Dutch Swing College. We did a gig there, but we didn't do many gigs in Edinburgh. Um, it was mostly all everywhere else in Scotland. So I thought, yeah, this is good. So we did. I went through to do the Calais Hotel on a Sunday night, and George was quite annoyed at me going to sing with another band. And uh, I know Mike Hart called me George Penman's uh, secret weapon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I became his secret weapon then. And uh, I had a great time with the band. It was a good band. And uh, Tom Finlay, Mike Hart, uh, Chick Murray on drums, not the comedian, Donald Chick Murray this was, uh, Graham Blamire on bass, Sam Smith on trombone, great singer and a good trombone player, uh, Andy Lauder on trumpet and uh, on trombone. It was sometimes John McGuff. Uh, no, well, it was Sam then, but sometimes John McGuff, who was great. Uh, I think that's me going through the band. And we did a lot of gigs. Then the Edinburgh Festival had started. I think I did the first year and then every other year up until last year. Um, and it, it was, Edinburgh was a great place to be, obviously during the festival. It was, you know, buzzes. Or it used to buzz. I never ever sent. I'm gonna be rich as Rockefeller. Gold dust, gold dust round my feet. Hung on the sunny, sunny side of the street. When you had your hairdressers, how did you cope emotionally about not singing? I mean, did you just literally shut it all off? I literally shut it off. Mm. I didn't go to see or hear anything. I didn't want to listen to music. I didn't want to talk about it. It was just... Um, I think what happened was, you see, when a couple of things, you get real knocks. When, when we released, when with Forrest Band, when we released 
The second version of Salty Dog, we'd released one with the Stompers with Pie, then it came out as a single on, I think it was a single on Fontana, and uh, Jackie Murray was on one side and I was on the other, or I think that was it. Anyway, Fontana was a subsidiary of Philips Recording Company. And when when they when they brought out the record the second time, Pi re-released the first one. I mean it got into the top fifty and we got the word from all the publicity people and television people, this is going right up. So, you know, you want to get your publicity going and get, you know, everything you can do. And it was, you know, really quite exciting. And then when Pied re-released that one at the same time, the sales split and it just went... And I thought, oh, you know, this is because we were so sure it was, you know... Yeah, it was painful stuff. Yes, and it was just like... Uh, and then the second time, just, you know, with the accident, mm. I thought, no, this is, um, dicing my death here, you mm. know. But, you know, I shut it out and shut it out. And and then when I got back, I just couldn't get enough. I'm not afraid, I am not afraid, because I'm a rover and I just crossed over. Edinburgh was a different kind of jazz scene from Glasgow. Mm. Glasgow was really enthusiastic audiences. Edinburgh were always really polite. Mm. You know, I always used to say to a Glasgow audience, gosh, you're behaving like an Edinburgh audience tonight. <laughs> you know, they'd all laugh. It's still <laughs> the same now, isn't it? It's yeah, still the same. It's, it's sort of yeah. like, mm, you know, <laughs> afraid anybody's going to see you. <laughs> But it's funny because, uh, you know, I mean, I've had great times in Edinburgh. You know, the festivals were great. They really were. And it was mad. But um, you got through it, you know, five gigs a day. and Mm. So it was... um, And when I went over to the States with Mike's band, uh, Sacramento was an incredible, incredible festival. I'd just finished, this is 1981, right, and I know this. We'd just done the reunion tour with the Stompers, right? So 20 year, 60, 78, 20 year reunion, it was. Had to count there. And I'd set the tour up um, for the three-week tour. Ian Mingus, trombone, Malky Higgins... Trumpet were flying over from Canada. Forty was coming from Switzerland. John was coming from Switzerland. Um, Lindsay Cooper, who was in Switzerland then, came over to do it. And, you know, it was three weeks of gigs all around Scotland and a documentary film being made of the tour from the moment the guys got off the plane at Prestwick and then they were the crew were with us the whole time and it was you know uh, 
It was an incredible tour. If I never have a cent, I'm gonna be rich as Mr. Rockefeller. Good ass round my feet out on the Sunday. featured the song On the Sunny Side of the Street from Fiona Duncan's CD, The Savar Sessions. You can hear more tracks by Fiona Duncan at www.soundcloud.com forward slash Fiona Duncan. Singer to Singer is a Sophie Bancroft production. Visit www.sophiebancroft.co.uk for more information. Mm-hmm.